Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 121, which is a palindrome. It's the same backwards, yeah. Yeah, as frontwards, that's what Tim And that's, that's not the clicker that us musicians and guitarists use. Yeah, you musicians. For February 28th, 2018, this week's top Patreon supporters are Make, Build, Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Keith Decent, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, Marcin Szczepinski, LiquidRC.com, Mike Jeffcoat, Jim Bashirs, and Brad Dudenhofer. Did we get another one that... Oh, yeah. Hey, what's his name? Paul Jackman. I gotta add that to the list. He he's now a $10 to, uh, guy. Yeah. Do I have to play a trumpet for him? Yeah, you probably should. He's, he's always been a million-dollar guy to me. Ah, 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 ah. There you go, Paul. Thanks. Let's watch that one get pulled out. <laughs> I don't know. Seemed fine to me. Yeah. Uh, what are we working on? Let's go with Old Green Eyes. Bill, what's up? Oh, it's me. Yeah. Um, what am I working? I, I finished another guitar. And I will show you guys, but I'll explain. It's beautiful and purple, and it's a dual humbucker. Mm, I call it Purple Rain. Yes. <laughs> uh, but R-E-I-G-N. Ooh, I like it, because it's, it's a royal color. Right. The, uh, the purple. The yeah. emperors of Rome wore purple. Yes. I don't know. But, um, so that's anyway, that's what I did. And then I haven't done a video. And I haven't started another project, but I, uh, I keep saying I am, and I just don't, and I'm okay with that. Okay. Tim? I am working on... What am I working on? I am... Uh, <laughs> You're stalling. No, yeah. I Well, I, I've been working on... I'm, I'm CNC hot right now. I'm like gung-ho into the CNC, and I... And then I was doing like a little bit of like cleaning and organizing around my shop. I've got like uh, doing some stuff and I was doing some CNC, like a lot of work, like designing files on the CNC, like really trying to crack the code of like 3D modeling in the, in the computer. So I've been doing a lot of that stuff and not tangibly making anything. But in this process, I had this idea in my head while I was like had half my shop all torn apart. I was like cleaning out my stock room and stuff. And, um, and it just all of a sudden occurred to me that my CNC should not be in the corner where it's at because it's like hard to clean over in that corner and this and the other thing. That it needed to be on a certain part of my main workbench that I don't use often. Mm-hmm. And then that corner bench I turned into a uh, like a area for doing guitar assembly, um, soldering, tinkering, like like a kind of clean space with like all my little like hand tools and stuff. Where you, the kind of stuff where you sit in a bench, you know, sit in a stool and work. Um, so I have like that separate from like my woodworking area because I get into these sort of, this is where all my compulsiveness starts kicking in and my spectrum <laughs> issues and stuff. And, and so then it just turned into this whole, that's what I've been doing is like, I was like, once I had that idea in my head that I want to redesign the way the flow of my shop was, I mm-hmm. couldn't do anything else until that was done. And so I've just been like, just, it's just been a mess of like, but just today I kind of feel like I sort of see the light again. I was like, you know, and it's like down to, it's like these stupid things where I'm like, well, this pair of pliers should be here. 
and and I use this pair of pliers more on when I do this type of work. So that should be on this side. So I'm like actually like micromanaging like hand tools. Oh my God, you're a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, that's why I work alone. You also you also released your um um I wish uh the uh, saw I, a horse high horse. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, the sawhorse. Yeah, I put out of the yeah. the my adjustable sawhorse video, which um. Uh, I, I like the idea, you know, like I, the, the execution could be better. Like I call them the ultimate, but they're really the penultimate because there's some things I would do different, which I talk about in the video, but I think they worked really well. And I've heard a lot of positive comments and someone today just mentioned, I forget who mentioned like, you know, what's missing is a level. There should be a level in there. So you can, even if your floor is unlevel, you can level your tops. Ooh, that's a good idea. I was idea. like, that's cause you can, the pipes have that adjustment in there. Uh, I yeah. thought that was a great idea. And a couple other people have some other suggestions for like modifications and stuff too, too, which is exciting because I'm hoping that people will go out and and make them to work for in their shop, you know. Right. Yeah. I I like. I think we had a topic. I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically how our workshops were like living shops that they they're always evolving and changing. Mm. Yeah. So I feel like you're revisiting that as you probably do every spring. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, it is, it does seem like about once a year where there's like a major. I've had some, I've done some minor changes over the course of the since the last time I did an overhaul. But uh, what it really is is that, like, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm gonna be able to get more into guitar making and less furniture. Um, and so, and uh, you know, the whole thing started with like this multi-purpose bench, and now as I'm getting more specialized, I'm realizing, well, I don't need one giant bench that I can do everything on. It's nice to have some more specific locations. Um, so now the way it's sort of the flow is, is like I have my table saw, my joints, and my planer are all, you know, back at the back end next to my big outfeed table slash bench, which then works into like a sort of sanding and prep area, which is still pretty open and flex. But then on the other side, this, the CNC machine is in a spot where I can access it from all the sides and, uh, mm-hmm. and I can keep it clean. And then it's also in between that and then the clean area where like assembly and stuff. So there's almost like a flow again. It's about, you know, just a, a different flow for a different type of build, but it doesn't interfere with my current work. I still have the open flexible space. So, so the feng sway yeah. uh, of the shop, um, you, so you, you moved your CNC out of the way and you've got a guitar area. So are you going to start building real cigar box guitars or continue <laughs> with the uh, phony actual guitars? <laughs> we'll see we'll see what happens i have i do have one custom order that uh the, i've just gotten starting to get the parts in for now and i have some couple of guitars i'm finishing up that i'm going to try and put out for sale and uh and i have these files that i've been working on for the cnc that i'm really hoping to to be able to produce some high quality guitars out of reclaimed material which has been my dream for really the reason i got into woodworking in the first place you know so it wasn't reclaimed think, back then because i didn't know but I, i'm actually Are you branding about uh Sorry, no. I was gonna say I'm actually seriously thinking about building cigar box guitars to sell. Yeah, you that, should. Why not? Yeah. Why aren't you? You can't keep them all. I mean, what are you gonna do with them all? Well, I'm down to three now. I've, I've um, down uh, to I've three. Got the, the last three that I built are actually very handsome and well done, and so I'm, those I'm excited about that. But yeah, I'm I'm collecting specific cigar boxes, and I've I've come up with uh, techniques now that I think I can produce make more of a production i have an idea of what i want to do so anyway sorry to enter you know so i had an idea i had an idea for i'm going to try and make it for next week's video uh something that you might find interesting bill i don't want to talk about it yet in case it doesn't happen but a little oh, uh, guitar guitar making little tools so we'll you're see if i get it if i don't end up having to sort all my screwdrivers all week i'll have time to do this <laughs> 
There's probably well, medication for that. Um, yeah, go ahead. So. Ask me what I'm working on for the love of God. Oh, hey. So, hey, Tim, if you have any extra guitar parts, you can just send them to my... <laughs> Do you want some more tuners? No, I got plenty. I still have some of those. Yeah, okay. Oh, hey, um, so, Phil, what's our topic? What I'm working on, <laughs> the jerks, is... It's still um, funny. I am making a new desk. Oh, nice. What kind you of mean- desk? Uh, like... For upstairs in in the office that my wife and I share. Oh, it's, um, yeah. So I'm making it from uh, half inch birch plywood that I sort of made a face frame for underneath. So it, it basically doubles up the thickness in all, all around the edges and some spines in the middle. And then it's getting edged with uh, some of this. What is it? Maranta mahogany. Okay. And it, so what I did was I stained the top black and then and then a, so that's just the birch. And then the mahogany is naked, and then I just put a first coat of shellac on it right now because I wanted it to get a little bit orangey, a little, mm-hmm. you know, that, that color a little warmer. Nice. Um, what are you doing for legs? Any, you, yeah, as I say, if you need any pointers, you can watch the video where I built a uh, desk. I'll definitely <laughs> take a look at that. Yeah. But I'm making it floating. Oh, so it's going to – do you have two oh. walls that's going to go on or one? How yeah, big is I've it? Yeah, I've got – it'll be about six uh, – it'll be about six feet wide and about 30 inches deep. And whatever, give or take, I trimmed. But uh, I've got it's it's gonna it's gonna sit in a corner on one side, and then it'll have a bracket for the right hand side. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's excellent. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm not doing a video. I'm not doing anything like that. I'm just home so rarely that I really want to just bang this out and mm. and get it done. And sometimes I don't know. Maybe this is a topic for another another podcast. But sometimes it's just fun to just do it. You know, not have to worry oh, absolutely. about angles. That's what I've been and, just doing lately. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, hey, did did we did I tell you about this that I that uh, uh, a, a marijuana dispensary got in touch with me about doing a whole batch no. of those. So <laughs> that's so awesome. Last, yeah, it's hilarious. Well, we're we're still negotiating the prices now. So they want to do a whole bunch and they want them branded with their logo. So I would do that with the CNC. Yeah, I gave them a quote. Let's see what happens. Um, yeah. And then I have a neighbor of mine who I've talked to you about before who does promo items out of wood, and he doesn't really have any minimum, so he's able to charge an exorbitant amount, but he's looking at doing about 1,500 pieces for this new massage parlor franchise that has like 260 locations. They have this little point-of-sale thing. Anyway, so he can't possibly do that out of wood. He he has like four laser machines that does the ingredients. Anyway, so we're talking about some kind of a piecemeal scenario where I would do that for him. And uh, it would be it'd be pretty pretty sweet. So, hmm. and you know, he d- get that. I would talk to him about. Uh, he has a laser cutter, right? Yeah, might be maybe laser engrave their logo instead of CNC. It'd be so much oh, yeah. faster and look better. He, he is. I'm yeah. just doing like I have to do like uh, basically four holes and a slot. That's right, it. That's my. Well, your, I mean, for your for, for your, your weed deal, things, your weed, weed dispensary things. things. Oh, have, have him yeah, do maybe. the logos. Yeah, I would do that. I would make that part of the deal because it's going to look so much better than the CNC. It's going to be so much faster. And well, let's faster, see what the logo faster. is. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, if it's like a if it's like a marijuana leaf, you know, I yeah. mean, like, yeah, <laughs> which well, that would be is, dumb. But no, but still, yeah. even though like the, just because the the detail of it and the CNC is so much slower than so is Canadian marijuana have like a maple leaf looking leaf or what's the topic this week? Oh yeah, uh, pop quiz hot shot. <laughs> is from the movie Speed, and we talked about this in the pre-show, but for those of you who were not uh, part of the Patreon, 
you know, uh, pre-show. There's absolutely no one, no way that there's people that still listen to this podcast without supporting it financially. Is that possible? No. Well, I hope so. Otherwise, <laughs> Otherwise we don't have too many screwed. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> that is not to denigrate the amount of people we have on Patreon, which is a substantial amount. I'm yes, just it saying. is. It's actually amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so the two smartest ones just kind of put their foots in their mouths. Twice, yeah. There's a difference between intelligence and wisdom, Bill. Oh. It's good to know. I don't know the difference, but there is one. <laughs> when I get older, I'll find out. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. When I get a little wiser, I'll let you know. So, uh, basically, this week's topic is, um, you know, we're going to throw a couple of scenarios at each other about uh, kind of like, and by the way, that was from the movie Speed, which is a little while ago, but uh, basically a, a difficult situation under the gun what do you do? So we're each going to throw, you know, one of these scenarios at each other. And, you know, how do you get out of it? What do you do? Yeah. Did they get that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Terrific. Starring uh, Dennis Quaid and Goldie Hawn. Not even close. <laughs> Dennis Hopper and Keanu Reeves. Wasn't there a... Uh, and Sandra Bullock. Oh, Sandra yeah, Bullock, yeah. Wildcat. Sandra Bullock, yeah. Wildcat. Rawr. There's a camera on the bus. Hey, that was pretty good. I thought I was talking to Keanu there for a second. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Uh, who wants to kick it off here? Um, I'll go. Okay. Uh, go I'm going to shoot it to you, Phil. Oh, good. Okay. We'll see what happens. Uh, so it's 10 p.m. on a Sunday evening, and you're making a step stool that you've been putting off all week, or you've been traveling, or being a dad, or whatever the heck you do in your spare time, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to finish the step stool up. You promised them it'd be in the mail by Monday. It's 10 o'clock at night. Got your last piece of plywood, you're making your last cut, and you realize that the, the, the fence was just off by like two inches. So you cut it two inches too short, right? This last, and you know, the stores are closed. You're tired. How are you going to get this job done? Um, uh, what I would do is then cut another, like, I would cut another strip that's the balance, mm-hmm. and either with, uh, either with a biscuit jointer or dowels. Mm. I would I would five minute epoxy that bad boy back on and and keep working. Yeah, you're gonna okay, paint it done, anyways, right. I guess, right? Way to go! What's that? You're gonna paint it anyways, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sand yeah. it. You'll never see it. Yeah. So there you go. So even though the saying is that if um, you know with wood, if you once you cut it, you can't make it bigger again. You can make it smaller. That's not necessarily true, especially if you're gonna paint it. You can actually you well, can painting make mistakes yeah. like that. Yeah. Right, and the I lucky didn't... thing about um, plywood is that there is edge grain to edge grain, edge grain to edge grain glue adhesion there, so it can well, work, yeah, and especially it's... as long as you right, as long yeah. as you support it with long enough dowels, which you'd have to make sure there's you know a good amount of quarter inch dowels in there. You know what I would actually recommend over the dowels would be to cut a forty five, and uh, and and then you get twice as much yeah. adhesion. And uh, and you yeah. can feather or even them. a half lap would be better because then yeah or uh, yeah or you know a rabbit or something. But, uh, I, I, yeah, I think yeah. it's 45 TNG. would be fine. Yeah. I got to tell you, it's 10 o'clock. We're getting some dowels, and that's all she wrote. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say pocket hole. 45 would be easy, even easier without yeah, 45 dowels. would be the fastest. But so much harder to clamp because you got to no. clamp down. No, and you then just gotta, how, why you just would gotta, it be hard to clamp? If you're using epoxy, you need wax paper underneath it so it doesn't stick to your bench. And you just lay them until they're flat on the top. Because you're going to clamp them, and they're going to slip. It's not, you don't need to clamp them. No, no, no. You weight them. Yeah. Yeah. I already waited. It's 10 o'clock. <laughs> I waited too long as it is. I waited too long. That's why I'm putting St- dowels in it. Stapler and tape. Yeah. <laughs> Duct right. tape. Yeah, it's spray paint. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, 
I'll go next. And this one, you know what? I I know what Bill's going to answer, so I'm going to send this one to Tim. <laughs> a a finish isn't working for you. Mm-hmm. You've you've coded most of your project already, but it's not working. It doesn't look right, and the client's not going to be happy with this. What do you do? I, I feel like I've had that happen on like thirty percent of my projects. <laughs> that's, that's why I thought that'd be interesting for you. Um, yeah, Cause, you know, because Bill uses you know uh, oil based polyurethane on just about everything, and it's hard to mess that up. Actually, I don't. I use uh, polyacrylic on. Oh, polyacrylic. That's what Poly- I meant. Sorry, water based. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes you you go because a lot of times with the high end client work, it's about like like colorization. Like that's like you know they want it to match the drapes. You know they want it to match the carpet. And I I know I said. <laughs> sometimes you just I work with children. I don't know if I'd call this work. Sometimes but... you want to see if it's going to slide or if it's not going to slide. <laughs> Oh, no. That was a slide coated with 36 grit. <laughs> I, I knew you would. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Okay. Come on. <laughs> but so, uh, you know, a lot of times, yeah, it'll be like, you, 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 like, well, I'm going to do a, you know, linseed oil finisher. I'm going to do this or that. And you put it on, you're like, oh, crap, that just does not look right. It's too dark. It's too light, whatever. And so, and I do that a lot, you know, with the, just like with staining. Sometimes I end up mixing stains together and stuff to get that color and get that. And then there's, there's also the weather look. Sometimes like, you know, you run it all through the planer and now it doesn't look reclaimed anymore and they want it to look reclaimed. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of time spent doing that sometimes for these uh, larger tables of projects. So you just told us everything that didn't work. What would you So do? to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> so to repeat your question back yeah. at you differently. <laughs> So to answer so the answer the question, obviously there's a bunch of different scenarios, uh, uh, different you know uh, variations and things you could have to deal with. But primarily, it's I grab the sander and I just yeah. I just sand the whole darn thing down again and start over. Uh, okay. And it's I've done that you know a few times, more times than I want to admit that I've just been like you know what this is not what I want to see. It's not what the customer wants to see. Grab the palm sander, get back to work. You know. Yeah, I admire your work ethic. Yeah, well, you, you got to do it right. You know. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. If you've already agreed on a color and a type of finish, you can't. And it, and, no changing your mind, yeah. And the the customer, like you know, customers understand that there's wood grain and variation and stuff, but they they don't necessarily understand that too. Like if they see, you know, they they see the minwax stain colors chart and they yeah. and that's what it looks like on golden oak, and then you put it on chestnut, and it doesn't look like that. You need to make it look like that, you know. And uh, yeah, so sometimes it takes some work to to really get that right, and it's uh. It's tedious, you know, like um, <clears throat> the last piece, that table I did that was like a nightmare, <laughs> I, I finished a month or two ago, um, it was, I mixed uh, walnut with red chestnut stain to get the color, but I didn't mix them. I had to do, like, I think what I ended up doing was red chestnut and then walnut on top. But if you did walnut and then red chestnut, it didn't look the same. Like, so it was like little things like that. And then it was like, oh, then like you, you have to fix something. And then it's like, well, now this one looks like, which order did I do? And you do the wrong order. Like, oh, crap. Now I got to do it again to make it look right. You know? Yeah. I think an important part of this is uh, managing expectations. Yeah. Right. So uh, in a previous career, I, I did sales and marketing for a diamond tooling company. So we worked on concrete. And the thing about concrete, even more than wood, is that once you polish it down, you have no idea what's under there. Concrete comes in a million different flavors and colors and orientations, and you've got aggregate, and you've got mm. 
you know, at different PSIs and different slabs report at different times, and they react differently to the to the big machines. And I had to spend a lot of time behind those machines so that I could talk and sell like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I got certified on a couple of the big machines. Anyways, all to say, they're so different that you have to really manage your customers' expectations and really put at the forefront what it is that they're going to be getting, you know, so that they're not disappointed and you're speaking the same language. And I think that's true for any customer jobs. It's, okay, so you're expecting dark walnut. This is what I'm able to give you. Mm. It might be worth it to send you a swatch. And yeah, well, I, I not do to that. That's what you're saying, but to give advice. Oh no, absolutely, I do that, and I I make I take a cut off of the actual wood that I'm using, and I usually will divide it into like five or six sections, and oh, I smart. and I will I draw magic marker lines. I write it, and I take it. I take a picture of it under the fluorescent light. I take a picture of it out in the sunlight. I take a picture of it. Oh wow! And I send them all these different pictures, and I explain to them exactly what they're seeing. If they're too far away to just come in, you know. Uh, and then they go, okay, I want that one. But then you go and you start doing it in the one tree, it, the, the one board is like 50 years older than the other board. And it looks totally different. Now I got to make it all look plus, like that. Plus, even, you know? even if you, you get all of that done, you get all those expectations covered, you can just screw it up and where you yeah, have that's, to do it. So that's usually what it is. I mean, <laughs> thing like, too, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they're expecting a specific color, a specific mm. stain with a certain type of gloss or whatever. If you screw that part of it up, not saying it comes out a little differently than maybe they thought it would. We're talking about if you screw up the finish, like you said, you're just, you got to sand it. There's no, yeah. you, you got to redo the actual finish itself. There's yeah, no, sure. there's no managing that expectation. Hey, I just gave you a really crappy finish, right? Um, right. But yeah. it's a perfect color, so it's yeah. it's distressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I would say add uh, not only managing the expectation of what the finish is going to look like, but also give yourself a little bit of room if you can about the time limit that you have to get it done. Just say yes. hey. Yes. The, you might end up, you know, this is going to be, it's going to take me a week more than likely, but there, if something comes up, it might take me a little bit longer. Every, every estimate, especially with people I don't know, like customers that are new or whatever, I always pad by at least a week, usually two weeks for how long I actually think it's going to take me to get it done. Because then when I get it done two weeks early, they think I'm a hero. And if I get it done on time because I've been screwing everything up all day, I'm just a normal guy. So, you know. Right. Yeah. You ever see that episode of Star Trek where uh, Scotty's stuck in the transporter, Next Generation? And he comes back and he spends time with Jordy. Oh yeah. yeah. So he goes so he goes, uh so they're both in engineering and Jordy's talking to the captain, something's broken. The captain says, How long is it gonna take to fix? So Jordy goes, It's gonna take four hours to fix. He gets off the comm with the captain and then Scotty goes to him, he goes, How long is it really gonna take? He goes, <laughs> It's gonna take four hours. He goes, Laddie, how will everyone how will anyone ever think that you're a miracle worker? <laughs> <laughs> That was one of my favorites. What, it, was, it was a pretty crappy episode, but a great way to bring Scotty back for a little for yeah. a little time. I'll tell you what, um, I was going to give you crap for bringing up Star Trek, but that was actually a very good analogy. Yeah, it was a nice one. So, and I used the word analogy correctly. Yes. Uh, yeah, and it would have been even cooler if you didn't have to point that out when you were done. Yes. Oh. <laughs> hey guys, look how smart I am! I say I am. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Just let it be. Yeah. Okay, right, let's. Bill. uh Bills, go ahead. Fire one. Right, well, someone. since um, uh, Phil, since you're picking on me, I'm going to pick on you. And, yes. Uh, so th- what I'm thinking is, you are this. This is more of a scenario, not what you're going to make. Um, so you're going to get to pick that. But the scenario is you have to come up with something as a gift. It's been paid for. Uh, you have a little bit of leeway. Okay. Client. 
you expect to have the day in the in the garage, uh, no no problems, no worries, and you know again some leeway. It's like oh, come up with something. Maybe you'll make a whiskey box or steps to. I don't know. Here's the here's the throwback or the the the, the chink in the armor. Um, the wife says, "I gotta go. You've got the kids." Now, what can you make and involve your kids in, right, in the shop, because you got to watch them as well, that's safe for them to be around, includes them in the project, and is good enough to be this gift that somebody's paid for? What would it be? And uh, explain why it's not dangerous to make it with your small, tiny, uh, the little things that you have with your wife, three of them now. Go. Um, I'm going to change the parameters of this a little the, bit because the, the I have an eight-month-old. So, the gift yeah. is an adult. Oh, okay. Right, the okay. wife takes the eight-month-old. Fine. You got the other two. Okay, fine. All right. Because okay. Okay. I was going to say otherwise we could just fast forward a couple of years. But fine. <laughs> so I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old, let's say. They're almost that age anyway. To help uh, you make an adult gift for somebody, and you've got one day to do it. How how adult are we talking here? Because <laughs> I don't well, have a lathe. It won't be in the shape of a. And what um, color are the drapes? Block. It yeah. won't be in the shape of a. It won't be in the shape of a block or you know like a, a tic tac toe. It's got to be something a little more elaborate. Okay, so I guess what I would do because it's simple, I'd probably do another one of those chess sets. I've got it down now, and uh, and I'd get them to do the sanding, and I'd get them to do the clamping and do all that stuff. So it's it's actually a gift that would be very well appreciated by somebody and. You know, has high value, but also now, is easy to do. How could you? Yeah, how could you add to that value by? How would you tell the client that? Hey, by the way, my kids helped me make this. And are the child labor laws in Canada a little more lenient, obviously, than they are here? Oh, it's family, so you're not paying them. You don't have to worry yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. As long as you, <laughs> they're not technically employees; they're yeah. interns. So yeah. that's fine. Ooh. So they're learning on the job. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe I'd take a little video. Otherwise, they could put their handprints on the underside. That's what I was oh, saying. Have him oh, sign their names oh. on the underside, or because uh, be the awesome. five-year-old can probably write his name, right? Oh yeah, he writes his name, and he yeah. and he doesn't write dad. By the way, he puts dad and he puts Phil on everything. Yeah, the first yeah. word he could write was Phil. Yeah, that's, that's what awesome. he wrote every. He puts it dad heart. I mean, he goes Jake heart Phil. I'm like <laughs> that is both really nice and super weird. <laughs> now and my daughter almost writes her name. She's three, right? She's three next month. Okay. So would it be creepy if she did a footprint as opposed to a signature? Yes. You do a footprint for a newborn. Yeah. Handprint oh. is okay. But yeah. Yeah, footprints. Don't weird. they identify kids by their feet? Mm. Mm, I don't think we're talking about murder victims. Let's go to the next <laughs> no, question. No, I, I, no, honestly, I think that's a thing. Uh, somebody out there, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Uh, to identify your children, like instead of taking a fingerprint when you have a newborn to help identify them in the hospital, they take a footprint. Yeah, the problem is that that footprint changes within like 24 hours. It's already bigger. Like there's, they grow so no, fast. No, but the print, is, the print is the same. It's like a fingerprint. Oh, you mean like the wrinkles and stuff? No, I don't, I don't know about I that. I don't know about that. I think it's a thing. It's so you don't I get mean, swap babies. They take a footprint, seriously, like a fingerprint, but because kids have, you know, fingers that, or tiny, they take their footprint, and that's how they keep from getting swapped baby, like, you know, mistaken identity type thing. Well, I mean, Somebody maybe... Somebody out there correct me if I'm wrong. I could see that being in the hospital, like, in the infant right. birth room, like, oh, which right. one was the Jones's baby? They look at the... I could see that, if there was ever that Before problem. Before your discharge, that's how they say, okay, <laughs> oh. Mr. Pinsky, here you go, here's your kid, and they, and so real you quick, check the they foot. pick up their foot. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Bill, Bill didn't mean over time, I just realized. You yes. meant yeah. just he, within the first day. Yeah, it's yeah. not like I can go look okay. back at, for your footprint to identify who you are. Okay, so that's what Tim and I were thinking. We're like, yeah. what is like he talking about? Six months down the road? Whose kid is that? You know, yeah. Yeah. But you guys no. are the ones with actual, like, you know, kids. We assume we got the right kids, so. Yeah, because they look just like had, us. What if you got each other's kids? Okay, that's your next scenario, Tim. You got Phil's kids as opposed to yours. <laughs> Pop quiz, hot shot. Yeah. All of a sudden you realize that your kids are... You, for some reason, have Canadian children. Go. <laughs> It's like, yeah. I can't understand why this kid keeps what signing do you my do? name, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> why okay. do you keep writing I Heart Dad Phil? My name is Tim. <laughs> uh, Tim's turn again. I guess you got to ask Bill this time. Okay, I got to go for Bill this time, yeah. So, um, I'll go, okay, I'll go with this. I, so, Bill, your your wife calls. It's It's Monday afternoon. You're at work, and your wife calls, and she's got this big break that there's this TV show that wants to come and, like, film in the salon. They want to do, like, some kind of, like, you know, like a hairstyle and thing. It's going to be, like, the Today Show or something, you know. She's going to get to be on there. Yeah, so it's, like, this really big deal. She's very excited about it. Um, But the film crew needs you to build a new hairstyling station for her that's more camera friendly. They're like, oh, well, you know, it's going to be like this. It's going to be a little bit lower, and it has to have a light over here. Like, they have some reason that they can't film. So it's, like, Monday. So this is happening on Thursday. Okay. And like, you know, and like Casey's like super excited about this, but she can't do it unless you actually get this done. So what are you going to do? How are you going to make? I'm obviously like I, I could make up some design you have to follow, but I didn't want to get this is the idea is like you have a very short amount of time and you have to remake a specific piece of furniture and you have a job, you know? Well, this is this is sadly enough uh, what we have to do sometimes. And, you know, this is is you run to the big box store. You can't use recording yeah. materials. Yeah, you know, and dimensional lumber is your friend in a situation like that. So, if I had to recreate the look of the styling station that they have now, but you know, camera friendly, or it's like the one they have now is two sided. If I, I could only make it one side, it's got to go up against the wall. So tall, all of that could be accomplished fairly easily uh, with dimensional lumber. It makes life a whole lot easier because you can. You're not. You're. You know, forty. Five fifty percent of the work that you would be doing to mill the the reclaimed material is gone. Yeah, so, yeah. And so, I mean, you could you would distress that. Yeah, it, that that would be the hardest part of the build. I would say is yeah. is trying to get it to at least look a little bit like it was made from because overall, the, the I don't know the salon percentage, but you know, half of the stuff in there is from found reclaimed materials. Mm. The other, and I had to do that, but I had a lot of time. So in four days, I would have to take all dimensional lumber all box store stuff and make it look like yeah that'd be the toughest part is just uh creating the look aisle 43 you can get some chain and beat the hell (laughs) out of it and that's that's where you would actually go back into that the old furniture guys days if you guys remember that show where that's what they used to do is distress furniture it was hitting it with the chains and then Mm. hammers and scratching it and then put a clear coat and sanding that off and i mean it's so yeah there's a lot of techniques you would do Hmm. But yeah, that's that's what I, that might. So my answer would be the big orange store. That would be a yeah, you just break down, buy a new, make it happen. Yeah. Yep. I thought you were going to say I, you I, I, your would, job. Cons- I <laughs> would consider. Yeah, I would consider it more of a prop that I could reclaim when it's over with. That's how I would justify oh, yeah. hmm, not good, feeling yeah. too bad about it. So it's like yeah. after I'm done, I can use that material to actually, you know. And the show paid for it, so jackpot. And I make more Mm. guitars out of it. The real cigar box kind, not that phony actual guitar like Tim makes. Oh, good. You reclaimed that joke. 
<laughs> Again, that's twice now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really staying out of the landfill. Um, okay, so I guess my question has to go to Bill also. Um, all right, so you made a table. You've made the tabletop. And you're making four legs, as is the standard amount used for tables. As is the style of the At day. the time, right. <laughs> On my silver bee's nickel penny belt. Yes. Yep. That's it. You cut one leg too short. Pop quiz. What do you do, Hotshot? <laughs> the uh, same solution that you had for your plywood too short. I would glue it right back together long, make it long enough. And mm, but you're not upon, painting these legs. Um, so I cut one leg too short. How much material did I have to start with? How how short? How how too short? Yeah, let's say you cut it a good three inches too short. Your oh. stop block was off. Okay, so I still have that material though that I cut it from, right? Yes. Yeah, so I think some kind of a fancy half lap joint would would solve the problem. You could actually. It's a, tur- it's a turned leg. Oh, and you wow. cut the bottom. So it's going to be seen. It's a turned leg. Um, I've done this before. Well, I've done this before. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to cut. Make four new legs, and I'm not going to. I'm going to assume there's a time. One new leg. Yeah. Right. I'm going to assume there's a time limit, so I have to come up with something to fix that problem right there. I would. I would still do the half lap joint or whatever, and I'd hand carve it to match whatever it was. So you you just recreate that same error on all four legs and call it a feature. Oh, oh, very that's, good, Phil. That's what I would do, yeah. yeah. Wow. I'd cut all four legs off. Oh, I thought off that's it. what you were saying. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I was saying I would just fix fix that and then hand carve it to match the other three. If you take oh. your time and... But you'd have a seam, right? So you'd have to sort of maybe do a V-groove all the way around and then do the same thing on the other ones and then ta-da! Well, I that's why I asked that. if I have the leftover material right where I cut yeah. it from. Yeah. Because, yeah. See what oh. I'm saying? Because if you could put that back together, it's going to be fairly seamless if you do a nice – If you do it – if you yeah. line the grain up right in the, Right. If you line it up right, then you can hand carve it. You can yeah. saw it, you know, carve yeah. it, sand it, whatever you got to do to finish the taper or whatever it is that, down at the bottom. But I like right. that. Just do do the same thing to all four legs and then fix them all the same way. Call it yep. a feature. Right. Yeah, that's not Well, listeners, that, yeah. I hope you got some some good information <clears throat> here. That that yeah. was uh, I'm impressed. That was a great solution to that problem. I I've oh. not thought of that. I always just, thank you. Yeah. I just, or I would I just, find some creative way to take that mistake and make it a um uh like an Easter egg, like a feature, so that one leg is. You know, <laughs> hey, I, I would, challenge you to find the boo boo I made. I, no, right. I would. There's a little drawer right there on this third leg yeah. to hide the key to the shed out back right. where. <laughs> The spare TV is in case yeah. your uncle comes over, spends the night, and gets hungry in the middle of the night and can't go back to sleep and wants to watch TV. It's, it's very I, specific. Yeah. Yeah, it's a spoken word. I was just thinking I painted silver. <laughs> <laughs> but what if it wasn't Callback. walnut? What if it wasn't walnut? Oh, then I'd have to paint it blue. Then or the something. silver doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. Then it doesn't work. <laughs> Speaking of uh, painting silver, walnut <clears throat> reminds me of colors on wood, the spectacularness of your. Uh, horses, by the way, of the color scheme, I like. <laughs> well, those those colors were picked by. I did a project a couple of years ago for a, a designer that I made this wall art, and it was basically I took like uh, tree branch slices and hollowed them out like bowls, but left the bark on the outside, and then the inside of the bowls were painted in those colors. And so she had given me six paint codes that were to go together, and they were those those colors that I used, and I used I mean like an ounce of each of those paints, but I had to buy a pint or whatever, you know. 
So I have a mm-hmm. ton of it left over. So I was like, well, I'm going to use one of these paints up on the sawhorse. And I was like, well, which one am I going to use? And I thought, well, this professional interior designer thought these six colors worked well together. So I'm going to use all six of them. <laughs> so <laughs> so the this idea. brings up a, a, a quick reclaim tip. Um, if you're doing a project like that, what you do is you don't buy the pint. You actually buy the little tiny sample size. You pay like 99 well, cents for them. Yeah, but the the uh, the colors were Sherwin or not sure they were Benjamin Moore colors, and so the cans I got were the sample cans, and they were five ninety nine, and that oh, was the smallest they they really? would sell them in. Yeah, th- this is not that, but they have them like in this size. Most of the big box places you can get. Not where I'm at. Really? Uh, no, the, yeah, the, our box stores have them, but wow. these were these were uh, they're from a designer line of colors, so I couldn't just go get blue, oh, black, green. That's you know? too bad. Where I'm at, yeah. they won't sell you less than a quart. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, so it's not like even bucks. as a sample. Sample, that's what you got the swatches I, for. I, no, I think I think. Well, okay, I'm. I'm well, I'm, even some of the I even some of the paint stores it. will have those samples, so you can go brush it a little bit on. But uh, yeah, when you're getting the colors mixed, if you have like yeah, yeah, when yeah, the colors mixed, yeah, yeah. Most of the big box stores will mix the exact color you want in that small sample size. You still got to pay for it. Um, and then oftentimes, too, people bring it back, they don't like it, or they bring it back and they say, okay, here you go, I don't know why. And then the store now has these, you can buy them for like 50 cents, by the way. Yeah, I've, I've mm. bought uh, I bought bigger cans of paint that way from the, the, yeah. the miscolored show. We painted our, geez, I think a couple of rooms in our house were done that way. <laughs> I remember that, because my, my brother-in-law was a painter, and uh, and so he would teach me all those tricks, you know. It's like, oh, go to this old corner over here, and that's where you can get the... You know, like it'll be white, but it'll just be like slightly tinted, and you can't even tell the you, difference. You, you know? can also go to where they take uh, old paint and stuff, the recycling places, and it's really weird because you usually end up with a mauve, but they'll take those paints and they'll mix them together and then mix them and then sell them or give them away super cheap. Hmm. Uh, so you can have, but it's like, it's all, you know, when you mix most house colors, brown. latex <laughs> paints, you're going to yeah. end up with mauve or brown or tan yeah. or something. Anyway. Yeah. All right, Tim. Uh all right, you ready for this? No. Well, you should be because you're gonna you're getting spoiled. And, All right, um, I got a, a softball. Yeah, well, you're getting no, you're getting spoiled with the CNC, and uh, you've got to make a guitar. You, the 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 Matrix or whatever it is, they love the the slide action, flippity flop, you know, CNC neat ways you can switch out the pieces of your guitar. Mm-hmm. They want another one, and your CNC just crashed. You cannot mm-hmm. use that. Um. You cannot use the same T-rail slide mechanism. And I already have an answer of how I would do it, so that's why I'm hoping you come up with the same thing, make, validate my brain power. Um, you've got to make attachments to the guitar that are universal that you can swap it out, just like you've done, but mm-hmm. you can't use the T-rail. You can't see and see them out. How would you connect them together? What would you do to come up with a quick-release connection? Boom, 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 go. Well, I mean, that is kind of an, a softball because I mess around with a couple different ways of doing it before I settled on the one that I have. So, and, and I've seen since I've posted that video, I've seen, uh, several people have shared videos with me of other people that have done similar things and, uh, and, and, you know, and some of their things or whatever. But, uh, I, I mean the, I would probably just go straight to bigger, stronger magnets, um, and just have magnetic connections because the, the, I've seen a couple. Yeah. I've seen a couple that are done that way. Or, or the other thing I might do is keyhole slots instead of the full track. Um, to do like, you know, like a keyhole. Um, the other idea, um, originally I had with the T track was as instead of having, I was going to have it slide and I had the magnets to hold it. I was going to have a slide with like a, a little knob that turns. 
Um, I might do a sliding dovetail, a wooden dovetail, which I mm. think would, would be preferable to the T-Track, but I thought it might be too, a higher level of woodworking so, skill than for the project, yeah, for the share. Okay, okay you slow your roll, because this is where you're going is that you want that whole, you're still trying to slide the entire thing on there and lock it somehow, or mm-hmm. with the magnets, it wouldn't. What if the end of it, um, trying to see what I have here. Uh, I don't know. So instead of it sliding on, mm-hmm. you have a half dovetail on one side, so it's like a key lock. You can just stick it on and then fold it down and screw it in place. It's only locked on the end and the other end. It's just sitting on top of the other one. So it kind of goes like this. You hook it on and then... Uh, oh, that, that's, that's cool. It's like a timber framing joint. Yes. Yeah, or even like I'm picturing those hinges, like where you have like a hinged uh, top to a box where you lift it up, then you can slide the hinge to the side so yeah. it comes off, like so the lid comes yeah, off the box. For that. Yeah, yes. I think it's yeah. like a Z almost. Uh, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's just a removable pin on a hinge. Yep. Yeah, so you pull it on one side, just lock it down on the other side, so it kind of cinches it together. Yeah, it's well, a good the- idea. You could do it just like the timber framers do. So there's a void, right? So as it goes, you didn't knock in a peg. Or, or yeah. It. Yeah, the yeah, Chinese. Pressure uh, fit. The, it, it yeah, pressure fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yep. a wedge or whatever, yeah. And then you just yeah. push it in and it Or like a breadboard. Yeah, a breadboard on a, a table. The breadboard yeah. in on the table. Well, that was the original idea I had was that I had the T-track already in and I had, instead of having the bolts that are kind of rounded off and hidden inside it, I had one, well, I had one bolt like that and then I had one bolt going through the top. Uh, that there was a nut on it that I, I'd welded a wing nut to it, and I was going to make it all look pretty. This is just a prototype. So when I slid it on, uh, I would just turn that wing nut uh, counterclockwise, and that would backwards because that would make the bolt go out, which would push it tight against the bottom of the T track. And it okay. worked really well. It was the same as the idea of the wedge, basically, right? And it worked really well. But I, I was like, I can do better than having this like, wing nut. And I thought I'd put like a guitar knob or make something that looked classy but it's still there's going to be a knob sticking out of it and so i decided to go with the the magnets to hold it in place because in testing it seemed to be strong enough and then that made me realize after that i was like with how well the magnets worked i was like yeah it's like i could just put two giant neodymium magnets in this thing and bypass it it's an electric guitar right right and it's an electromagnetic pickup and someone asked me about that like well you you were those magnets too close to the pickup and i I don't see a problem. I could see if I started getting crazy with the magnets that it might. Yeah. But, but I mean, how would that be a problem, though? It was just, wouldn't it just act like the pickup and just make the pickup even stronger? As a, you know what I mean? Uh, how would that uh, interfere? Well, well it, um, you know, there are, there are things for guitars that they're uh, sustained things where it's like a, an right. electromagnet that you hold over the other electromagnet and it, it's almost like a, the Ebo, they call it. And it like, so the two magnets like, kind of fight each other, makes the strings vibrate indefinitely between the two magnets. And so mm-hmm. there could be some kind of things like that where it might cause some weird harmonic like ringing and, okay. and uh, feedback. Just feedback stuff. loops, yeah. But uh, that's the only – but I think that would be really difficult to do because it costs like $79 to buy one of those things to do it on purpose. So I, <laughs> if you could just stick a magnet in your guitar and have it happen, you know. But it, it would be something that would be fun to play with. Like, you know, well, maybe, you know, maybe if I, I can, I can see how us guitarists might find that a problem though, <laughs> if, uh, if that were to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know how it is. You're on stage in front of 20,000 people and I know Oh, Bill knows. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know that old chestnut <laughs> <laughs> start getting feedback. All right. We have, uh, we've done about 43 minutes of this podcast. Do we want to do another round? Uh, I don't. I didn't have another round prepared, but I can make something up. 
Do a speed a round. Do a speed round. Okay. Um, <clears throat> like we can you, do a speed round. We can't do a speed round. Well, you no, know what? We this is good. This round. is good for both you. You can just answer it however you want. Okay. You have almost enough material to make the thing you want to make. Do you scale down the thing you want to make, or do you wait until you have more material? Oh, when do I want to make up. it? When do you want to make everything? Now. Then I would scale down what I want to make. I don't like waiting. So now you're gonna yeah. make a you're gonna make a a children's uh, table instead. <laughs> well, no, you're gonna you're gonna make a half scale uh, cigar box guitar. It's only with twenty inch long strings. No, but what I would do is is uh, instead of making a twenty five and a half inch scale, I could make a twenty four inch scale. He didn't say you don't have. He said you don't have quite enough. It's not like everything else. I'm not saying you're missing an or inch. Or I can make what? a ukulele. <laughs> Here you go, customer uh, that ordered a cigar box guitar. I made you a ukulele. Well, <laughs> cigar box ukulele. Yeah, <clears throat> you did not thoroughly manage my expectations. Therefore, I am upset. Um, it's it for de- you. It depends. It depends upon how much material you're missing. That's what I would have to say. If it's yeah. if it's only a little bit, you can certainly work around it and still come up with the same concept, the same size. If it's if it's too much, you obviously have to wait. I, I, you know, I've had that I happen. I think it depends on the thing, right? So if you're missing, yeah. let's say you're missing one six-inch board to make a desktop. Well, maybe instead of making it 30 inches deep, you make it 24 inches deep instead. I mean, like, it, there's that kind of thing. Yeah, but if, if, I mean, for me, most of the time when I'm making stuff is for a customer, so if they order a 30-inch desk, I can't. Let me preface it. that this is for you. Because you have the flexibility. Oh, well, in that here. case, I'll make a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's okay. totally different. Then, yeah, I'll do whatever the hell I want. Um, right. I, no, you know what? What I tend to do is, uh, like, say, and I do this for customers, and I would do it for myself. Is again, it's about finding, uh, you know, the limitations of fuel creativity. So, I, I made a desk once for a customer to reclaim wood, and I didn't have four boards to give me the size that I needed. And so yeah. I used four different species of reclaimed wood instead of trying using three in one. And so I made that like a feature of the table. Like these are four right. different species. So like I might, if I didn't have that one six inch board, I might find a six inch board of a completely contrasting wood and make it a stripe. You know, okay. I, w- I would try to. I would find some way to make that that failure a uh, a feature, kind of like Bill's leg, where like if the he cut the leg too short, he glues it back on. Instead of trying to hide that, accentuate it, and make it something fun and you know, love it. Yeah, that's what I would do. All right, here you go. This is for you, too. This is easy. <clears throat> I know my answer is, uh, but you might take it differently. You have no time. You've got to open up this can of paint. You have to do it. The only tool you have to do it with is an expensive chisel. Now, do you say screw it and destroy the top of the, the, the can to get to the paint, thereby wasting all of it just for using a little bit because you don't want to mess up your chisel? Or do you use the chisel, open up the can properly, knowing that even though you've just now chipped it, you can sharpen it, grind it down. You can. Are you that confident that you can fix your chisel if you screw it up? Go. <laughs> Why can't I go in the house and get a butter knife? No, I know, you don't. This... All you have is a sawzall and your chisel. So you can destroy the paint. You can oh, I pull take... the blade off the sawzall and use the back of the blade. No, Done. No, 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 or no. the plug for the cord. You've either got to waste the entire can of paint or chip your chisel. That's your option. I'll waste the can of paint. Well, depends really? on what the, is it? A, how expensive was the chisel? Uh, $79. How expensive for... was the paint? Exactly. $79. Yeah. <laughs> 
That might be the funniest thing you've ever said. Stop the podcast right now. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. I'm, I'm serious though. Do you do you waste? Is it more important to you to waste the paint and to try and get your chisel ground down and sharpened again? Can you sharpen your tool that well? Or no, but I would. You is, could snap is it, is it the steel too. Yeah. Is it oil or latex? <laughs> mm, good question. Well, no, because what's the environmental impact of wasting that paint? Like, see, is it... I, I think Phil would say, "Screw it, I don't care about the paint," and I would think Correct. you would worry about the paint. <laughs> you would actually worry um, about what's it going to do. Yeah, I mean, it's like I don't want to. That. Why can't I put it into a jar after or something? I don't understand. Yeah, I, I just feel like there's. It's just there's... that's the scenario. The scenario. I don't is like you, the world you live in. Do you waste <laughs> the paint or do you break the chisel? It's so black and white. I just I feel like there's got to be some gray area in there. I sometimes I, all in the sometimes, paint. Sometimes yeah. sometimes your granola world doesn't come in black and white. I am or it does confident. Come in black and white. If you put me out in the woods and I had a box, I had to paint a chisel that was worth $79 and a $79 can of paint, and I was stripped naked, I, I bet you I could find a solution to get that paint open without using the chisel. I just don't see that ever happening. There's always yeah. a way to get that can open. I could get it yeah, open. But it, the question is not You put me in the not... void of space, and I would find a way to no, get that can the of question paint open. <laughs> is, is it more important to you to not waste the paint or... Or to not screw up your chisel. That's the question. Oh, he's trying to see where our values lie. Yeah. I think this is one of those trick questions. It's not even a trick question. It's just that it's I, a trick question. I I think that I would I would rather because here's the thing, I've had a few expensive chisels in my day, and I've I've inherited a couple that were sharpened so many times that they had just got there were there were nubs. nubs. They were chisel mm. nubs, right? But they were beautiful yeah. chisel Chubs, nubs. They call those. <laughs> so I know that if I chip the tip of that chisel with with uh, by screwing it up, it's it's. I, I'll grind it down. I'll resharpen it. It'll be fine. I'm never going to wear it out. It's like 30 years. I'm like, oh no! If I only didn't break it on that one can of paint, I would still have a little chisel. Left. But what if you snapped it in half? It's a $79 chisel, you millionaire. Well, and then, I'd, probably, can then I'd weld it back together. What kind of paint? By is God, I would weld it back together. You can't. We're in, a, we're in a world where I have nothing to open a can of paint but a chisel <laughs> and a MIG welder. You know what? This is what I'm, I'm finding out is that you two have a question do you find too difficult. You avoid the answer. No, I find no. a solution. <laughs> yeah. If, we, if you get an answer you don't like, mm. you badger and harass. I'm no, calling I, I'm just not you know getting an do? answer to the actual question. That's all. I'm going to turn the welder up to 12, and I'm going to put it against the can of, can of paint and open the can that Boom. way, and then I'm going to weld it closed when I'm done. Yeah, yeah. how come I can't use saran wrap? <laughs> yeah, how, how come I can't just seal it back up? After? All right, oh. Sway, do we have time for him to come up with a speed round? Oh, you want one more? All um, right. After that gem? <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, come on. Okay, all you have... <laughs> Is <laughs> a can Your of paint. Only options yeah. are. Yeah. No, there's just too many stipulations. It was like it was like a Vance question of like and and this keeps stacking the ends on you know. Yeah. Um, I think of one. Okay. Uh, so we'll go to one of the ones we just did with the the finish. Like you screwed up the finish. You got to sand it off. I'm gonna take like mm-hmm. one of your questions and my question, kind of put it together. Okay. You got to You got to sand it off. And, you know, it's it's the 11th hour. We're in a world where there's welders and chisels and all this type of stuff. So there's no options. And you're, you just use your last piece of sandpaper. You got nothing left. What are you going to do to get that finish off and finish the job? Steel wool. Put it on the random orbit. I grab it from under the sink. That's pretty good. Well, scraper would be my first tool of choice. I don't have you, a you, well, you already screwed up your chisel, so you don't have that. 
<laughs> well, I wouldn't use my chisel as a scraper. I'm not a barbarian. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. My, the next tool, obviously, though, not obviously, I mean, my tool would be uh, my square. I would use my square as a scraper because oh, it's designed for that. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Does it, it doesn't already have a burr on it, right? You'd have to put it on. No, well, no, it's it, laser. It's laser cut, so it's square. It's so laser if you, bird. It's lured. Lured. They call that lured. So if you, um, if you like, on one side, it actually doesn't really work well, and it's not like a car scraper where you, you bend it and stuff. It's stainless steel, but it's good. It does scrape pretty good. Um, like you know, if, but if you go one direction, it like won't. It's just like the way the laser cut it, and you flip it yeah. the other way, and it will, and it cuts on all four okay. sides. That I always recommend using the. Um, the angled side that doesn't have all the measurements on it, just so you don't wear the ink away, you know. Hmm. Okay. Well, I feel like this whole episode was a build-up to you. You would have had to be able to scrape on the side that isn't printed. What's that? I said, if you thought about it ahead of time, you, you said you'd have to use the angled side so you don't scrape away the the printing. Why not have it cut to where you can use the it other actually, side to scrape it? It is cut, so it works better in reverse. So, But still, I like to... I, I grab mine a lot for um, on the CNC machine, the because uh, I, I have an MDF wasteboard. Hmm? Yeah, he did. Didn't oh, you he? said steel wool. Never mind. Yeah, steel yeah. wool, which I thought was pretty good. Um, I use it a lot just for like I don't use it for like fine scraping so much, but I just for like scraping like my wasteboard is MDF on my. So you run screws in and out all the time; it gets all on. Yeah, scrape those screw burrs down. So you know, little things like that is really good for. But okay, that was successful. I think. Hey, that was a good one. I like that. Yeah, fun. no, I like these hypotheticals. We've done these before where we, like, throw stuff at each other and then we berate each other for our answers. <laughs> I always think that works yes, well. we just keep adding more and more constraints yeah. to these artificial scenarios. I love okay, it. Okay, but your square is inside the paint and you already broke your chisel. So. <laughs> and the kidnappers are holding your mom. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, guess if you get the bus below 55, it blows up. Correct. Guess, guess what I found. Beep. What? Really you, cool. What? I found a old Kodak... Um, uh, I assume pictures, uh, paper cutter. Oh, oh cool. really? Guillotine. Yeah, and I, I cleaned it up. And it says you know, Kodak on it? the actual show, right? Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's a guillotine. Yeah, yeah I, I have uh, one like that, but it's all broken and terrible. This, this one's a... Oh, yeah, it says Kodak on the bottom. Yeah, yeah so it's I Photoshop. It works. it works great on cardstock. It does not work very well on paper. And I sharpened it and cleaned it as much as I could, but... I just thought this was great for when I start making my uh, business cards out of old cereal boxes. Oh, good idea. You know, if you pull it down and pull the handle towards the left, it will cut paper much better. Uh, I tried that. It does work, but uh, and I only tried it on my pad paper. Yeah, yeah but very thin. Card it stock, it. Card yeah. stock, like a dream. Oh, great. Yeah, that's what I, I have one of those that I, I got at a junk store for like five bucks. It's a little bit bigger, but it's not true anymore so it always like everything's like not 90 degrees it's always just a little off and if you have any of my yeah cards i know ever, every time i get one of your uh cereal box business cards yeah. they're crooked i'm a little you, disappointed to be quite honest you're like what a hack yeah you think of this guy you think this guy that makes his business cards out of trash would at least cut a straight line right i mean <laughs> i mean if you're gonna do something if you're gonna you gotta do, do something half-assed halfway, to begin with well do it all the way <laughs> right yeah hey, do you are you gonna beep him what? I could say I could say half ass. You could say half ass. Yeah. What are we? Damn are it. we just running willy nilly now through the? Episode? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Easy on the language, hey. Bill. Easy, <laughs> easy. 
Peep that, okay? It's still America. <laughs> Actually, I should do that. <laughs> are we running <laughs> Willie Beep? <laughs> oh, no. Or it's just, are we running Nilly. Beep Beep? Yeah. Yeah. Beep Nilly? Yeah. I, thanks. Just, I have to beep all of this. Uh, said what about, like three times. is Billy, Millie Vanilli, that was a bad thing too, right? Tell us why. Um, Because of a wardrobe malfunction. Nailed it. <laughs> Perfect. Our channels on Instagram, Twitter, what, and YouTube. Hey, uh, Phil, what are you what? watching? <laughs> what oh, yeah, watching? what am I watching? That's right. Uh, huh, I guess I was just looking for a fast exit on that one. <laughs> nope. Uh, nope, not, not done yet. <laughs> so uh, I'm watching, you know, one of those YouTube recommendations and um, kind of like a minimal tool build kind of guy. Actually, very, very funny name for the channel. It's called Morning Woodworking. But if you read it funny, <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. It's Anyways. like woodworking when you first get up. Bingo. That's where I was going yeah. with that. Um, but I think he's like he's in East Asia somewhere. It felt like Thailand or whatever. But anyways, the video that I watched, he made a a couch like from scratch, and there was some reclaimed stuff in there also. But he also, but more of an outdoor couch. So it's all wood. But then I guess it was his wife stitched the fabric for the cushion. And then you see them try to wriggle it. Anyways, it was it was great, good good stuff. Hmm. Interesting. That's that's what I'm watching. I like it because most of what he did was, you know, it was all corded tools, right? And the basics. He had a table saw, but it was made from a skill saw that was plunged through a, uh, I guess whatever a substrate. And you could tell that he had made this uh, this table saw. And I just love that stuff. Like, you know, do not. I hate that argument that you know if I had a hundred thousand mm. dollars of tools, I could make that too. Uh, brother, no, you couldn't, okay, because yeah. it's the skill, it's the time that's been put into these things to perfect the craft, and and you can do it with a drill, a chisel, a skill saw, and a whatever, you know what I yeah, mean? But, like, just the bare minimum. But what did he make a CNC from? Do you have a can of paint to open? <laughs> Both of us have a Lee Nielsen that chisel, that's yeah. right. $79 on sale. All I need is my solid gold rocket car, my solid gold house. <laughs> <laughs> that was The Simpsons. That was was that Donald Sutherland who did the voice? I uh, it looked like him the, the way he was think, drawn. I'm pretty sure it was Donald was. Sutherland. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so he he sues the cartoon company and Wins he, he bankrupts them. Yeah. And then yeah, great episode. Mm. Uh, what are you watching, Bill? Yeah, I'm sorry. What? Yeah, it's our fault. You've been asleep for 20 years. Go ahead. <laughs> I am, you know, I'm going to take a, a, a cue from Tim, and I'm going to do uh, an Instagram person as well as uh, I want I leave a link to his uh, website. This guy is a uh, a knife maker, and his website is called den d e n n handmade dot com. There will be a link um, in the maker community. He was um, showcased in. in People said, oh, check this guy out, follow him on Instagram, and I did. And these knives, I've seen some people make some custom handmade knives. You know, one, like each knife I make, not out of saw blades. This guy's actually forging a knife. Uh, looks like a Damascus style of forging. They're beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. And I'm like, this has got to be, and from the Adirondack Mountains in New York, right? This has mm-hmm. got to be like some 75 gnarled year old dude, like his hands look like tree limbs and stuff and you could just see him <laughs> like in, on the front porch like with a stone sharpening these hands this guy looks like he's like 22 years old um 
just beautiful work. Absolutely. His name is Dan Den. He's on Instagram. Check him out. Check out his knives. They are just phenomenally beautiful. I mean, seriously, like each one's individually made. Young guy, and uh, that's a skill. I, I would love to hear the story of where he, how, how did that happen? And again, he looks like he's 22 years old. So check out Dan, Den, denhandmade.com for custom knifeses. Super cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to mention a, a podcast this week of a, a gentleman who I know listens to this podcast, uh, bought our t-shirt and mentioned his podcast. So I listened to it today and I've only heard one episode, but I, I love the premise of it. Uh, the podcast is called the Posable Thumbs Podcast and it's uh, him and his buddy and then they get a guest every week. And uh, what they do is they, they set up a challenge, like they have a theme for them uh, to create something. It's kind of reminded me of like our challenge that we had going in. Back when I was uh, a musician, I had this a musician friend of mine and I, we used to, we used to write songs. Uh, we'd, we'd write song challenges for each other. Be like, hey, write a song about this or write a song about that. And so that's what they do on this podcast. They give each other a challenge and, uh, and then they have two weeks oh, to like make that. it and they, dis- they discuss it. And, uh, and like they share pictures and stuff and you can go to the website. I'm, I'm sure they have, they share the, the photos of their work they do. So this, the, like this week's was, um, it was like a, an author that they were, the, was a theme. So they were taking like cues from the books and, and they really, really open ended how you could go to it. And, and, and it was just really interesting. And I'm looking forward to hearing more of them because it was, uh, very creative and fun, you know? Well, check that out. I like that. Yeah. That was me. All right. That was mine. Nice. Our channels. On Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out ironandsoul.com. I've started shipping, so gentlemen, expect your tools. I meant you two specifically. I'm sure there's customers who are... I have a spot gentlemen. I planned out for my saw that I've got coming from you over in the new workstation. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Are you building the real guitars or those fake actual guitars? Yes. Third time's the charm. WilliamLutz.com which is many, many, many things, William Lutz. Oh, boy, are you in for a treat. Check out WilliamLutz.com. <laughs> Thank you to Justin Sparks for that one. TimSway.net. It's a couple of things, just a couple. Uh, thank you to Jason Payne for that one. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, questions, all that good stuff. Email info at ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at ReclaimedAudio. On iTunes, leave us them reviews. Uh, we love getting them. They're super important. Uh, they raise our profile on iTunes and get more people listening to the podcast, which is, I think, what we're all trying to do here. All Patreon, of us. Every one of you. Yeah. All of you. Yes. Yeah. You you reclaimers. That's that's their, your mission right now. Is like you're like I just got to get more people to listen to these three guys. That's you know you could create a fake account, a second account on iTunes as well, and leave multiple reviews. Yes, that's yeah. the kind of advice we're giving here. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash reclaimed audio. Another fantastic way to help three law-abiding citizens do a podcast every single week. And uh, what else have I got? Oh, yeah. The t-shirts. Tim, you want to talk about the t-shirts? We have t-shirts for sale. Yeah, we have t-shirts for sale (laughs) (laughs) at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Just don't forget Tim is doing mashup t-shirts, and those are kind of fun. Seen a couple already. Sorry, I I spoke over you, Tim. Just say it one more time. That way we reclaimed audiopodcast.com. There's a link to where you can get our t-shirts and uh, there's still a few left and I've 
one of the options now we have besides getting one of our custom sayings or just getting a plain one um, is uh, I'm just you can say Tim give me a mashup and I just take random words from the stencils I made for the shirts and stick them together and it's kind of fun <laughs> I enjoy that so yeah so it's cool uh, to see them on Instagram and and all the uh, all the social medias to see hey I got my T-shirt and look what Tim wrote for me and some of them some of them are really cool because you didn't just take the words. You sort of made new words by hiding some of Eliminating the letters. Eliminating right? letters. Yeah. yeah. I, I had that. When I saw that there was the word team and steam, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, now the possibilities are endless. And so, I mean, I, you know, there's almost a whole alphabet there. T. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw T. So that was fun. Eam. Uh, yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. That was great. Okay. Great. Uh, is there anything else that we're missing? <laughs> I hope I not. We're good. Okay. And on that note... Thank you so much for listening and have a great week. Bye, everybody. Be, Be good.